0: Hey everybody, this is Kelly Higdon with Zinimi and I'm joined today with Erica Labuzan-Lopez. She's an MFT and licensed professional counselor in the Houston area and today we are talking about growing a family. We're continuing this conversation. So thank you for joining us in our series of When Life Happens, Erica. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kelly. Yeah. We had Saba on. She already has one kiddo and is currently pregnant and building a group practice. And you have two kiddos. What's funny well, not funny, about your story is it's not just the pregnancies, but there, you were also pregnant in the last hurricane that hit Houston as well. So there is a lot that happened. How long have you been in practice?
1: I've been in private practice for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of branching into group practice. I joined ownership there last year.
0: hmm And you specialize in fertility, yes?
1: hmm Infertility, postpartum, uh, couples, parenthood, Mm
0: -hmm. all that good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So when did you have your first kiddo?
1: I had my uh, little girl. She's almost four. So I had her in July of 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working as a contract therapist in nursing homes at that time. So (laughs) yeah, I was pregnant there. Um, expected to see eight to ten patients a day, mm-hmm. uh, every day, you know, five days a week, and so it was a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like that was the right fit. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, when she turned about a year, so in two thousand fifteen, is when I decided to go into private practice.
0: Mm-hmm. And then when when were you pregnant with your second one?
1: So I got pregnant with my second one January uh, two thousand seventeen. Well. January, February.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
0: And then how was that, being pregnant and with a little one? Because your daughter was, what, three at the time?
1: Uh, she, two and a half.
0: Two and a half. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it really wasn't too bad in terms of the pregnancy. Um, but as you know, I went through infertility treatments to get pregnant. And um, so I actually had my first Time I went to court for a client, um, all during infertility treatments. That all happened around the same time, so it was it was hard to balance a personal life with, um, yeah. How just does the pressures? Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, how does
0: infertility appointment because in my limited experience through my own journey, it's a lot of appointments.
1: It's a lot of appointments. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: How do you fit all that in when you're seeing? Because you had a pretty Robust practice. You're pretty busy, Mm -hmm. if I remember.
1: Sure. Um, You know, I do try to limit my clinical days, Mm -hmm. and so I would try my best to get appointments on the other days. But of course, with infertility, you really don't have a choice. You don't get to decide. (laughs) You don't get to decide, (laughs) right? Your body Um, deciding that. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so it was a struggle sometimes. Fortunately, our doctor's office is right down the street from my Mm -hmm. office. And so that made it, you know, a little bit more convenient, but yeah, it was time where you had to make sure you blocked everything out and, um, you know, you had to make time. What was it like for
0: you? I mean, it's your second go round, but you're going through fertility and you work with people struggling with fertility. Mm -hmm. What is that piece like when you're in your own, your own grief and your own process and determination? And helping others through it too.
1: You know, it it was a hard decision to decide if I really wanted to work with infertility or not. And um, I feel that I spent a lot of time after my first journey with infertility, really healing from that and making sure I kind of moved through that process and really giving that the time that it needed and paying attention to all those things. So I feel I was kind of out of that part of it by the time I was ready to actually treat people with infertility. What did it take you to move through all of that? Um, It was hard, but I think really experiencing it, like Mm -hmm. being in that moment and just kind of allowing things to happen as they happened and processing that. And, um, you know, I think one of the hardest things was talking about it, telling your family talking to friends about it. People don't really know what to say. So I I discussed that a lot in a lot of my Mm -hmm. blogs and, um, videos and such, you know, nobody really knows how to respond, and so I think it was just working through all that and giving it like space and and time and trying to be, oh, uh, trying to be patient with myself and other people around me and and all that kind of stuff.
0: Can I ask about when you did get pregnant with your number two, your son, mm-hmm. and working with clients who are still struggling with fertility? What is that process like therapeutically?
1: You know, I was surprised because I was really nervous about how I'm going to start telling clients and um, feeling like maybe that's going to interfere. And I mean, one of the first things that I hear from clients coming in with infertility is everybody around you is getting pregnant. And and then you're like, hmm, <laughs> you know, and you're um, kind of wondering how to approach that in a sensitive way, in a compassionate way. And so... For me, it was just trying to be very transparent that I'm aware this may bring things up for you, and you know this is a good place in which to express those things, and anything you need to say or anything you feel is this is a good place to do that. this is a good time mm-hmm. um and I was surprised because a lot of people actually had good opportunities to process those things, and um, you know a lot of people don't want to be treated with kid gloves or kind of like walking on eggshells. They don't want people to be afraid to share the good things that are happening in their life just because they're struggling. Yeah. And what an opportunity
0: though, to feel like at least she still gets it that I'm sad or I'm struggling and it doesn't, it, there's a difference. Like I think that people protect themselves from talking about the fertility so that they don't, they don't want to put it on other people or make them feel bad, you know, sure. but they're there and they know that you can handle it, you know, and mm-hmm. it won't break you, so to speak, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. How it long was- did your fertility process take with your second one while you're in practice?
1: Um, I actually got pretty lucky. We didn't have to do anything um, too extensive. So uh, I did get pregnant the first cycle mm-hmm with my son so it was I mean that's still about two months two month process
0: yeah but you well you already knew you were gonna have to go that route right like right you have been down road <laughs>
1: yes right. we did go to ROB and you know discuss the options and she said well you know you're such and such age so you know you should just yeah. head on over <laughs> to their office yeah um yeah. and so we decided that would be the best route to take mm-hmm. yeah. So, you're
0: pregnant with number two, and then a hurricane mm-hmm. hit. Sure. So we were working together, I think, in the mastermind, right? We were in a mastermind together during that time. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because several other people were impacted by the hurricanes mm-hmm. in Florida and in Texas. So, what was that like?
1: Um, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot to take on. Um, so right before then I did become part owner in a group practice. And so it wasn't just, um, me, I guess you could say it's now, you know, all these other therapists, it's all those therapist clients. It's trying to figure out what do we do business wise, um, you know, and then personal, you know, how do I get to my family's house? How do I help our friends, how do we, how do we manage all these things? So honestly, the pregnancy was kind of on the back burner (laughs) in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, You're pregnant, but you just, you know, kind of have to figure everything out and and keep going with that. So um, I remember you and I had like
0: a talk and I can't remember Mm -hmm. if it's before or after the hurricane, but we had this discussion and it always has stuck out with me and I hope you don't mind me bringing it up. If so, we can edit it out, but um, (laughs) talking about, you know, as you were preparing to wind down the practice for leave, maternity leave, and that feeling like that, like financial fear mm-hmm. stuff. And one of the things that you had done is that we've talked about this, like you had built up savings so that you could take basically a paid maternity leave. So to sure. speak, you've been saving up for that. But then, when it came time to use it, it was like, "What? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, That's why it was created. Is, um, what was that experience like? Was that before
1: the hurricane? I can't remember, but um, that actually was before the hurricane, right? I think I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure. It's all a blur. <laughs> all a blur. Um, no, actually, it was it was before the hurricane because I started putting uh, processes in place, you know, with my co owners, like okay, these are the things I'm going to need to take over. And we had come up with a plan for that. And yeah, I remember this conversation well, because I did set aside the money for maternity leave and I was comfortable with that. It was the emergency fund. (laughs) And so, you know, you were saying, well, um, so it was after the hurricane actually. So then you were saying, well, don't you think this is an emergency? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) hurricane that shuts down an
0: entire metropolitan counts. As using your emergency
1: plan. (laughs) Well, and it's so true. And I had thought about, you know, before that I was like, well, you know, I did not get flooded at my house and um, our office didn't get flooded. And um, I knew several friends and family, you know, that had gotten flooded. And so I saw that and it was very different than my situation. Um, And so, yeah, I was like, well, I didn't experience an emergency. Like all these people are in an emergency but all of your clients were going through it. Mm -hmm.
0: Things were hard to access. Like driving around the city was challenging for people because different areas were flooded and and things like that. I think it just speaks to like what I appreciated about that conversation is sometimes we forget why we are doing what we're doing, (laughs) that why we are putting savings aside for maternity leave or if our kid gets sick or why we pick the fee we do so that it can accommodate life happening, you know? Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started.
1: Yeah. And I felt, uh, to be honest, I felt really silly <laughs> like after that because I was well, like, well, you know, you know, I had it in my mind. You don't touch emergency money. It's there for an emergency. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, <laughs> but I think
0: what when you are in an emergency, we get, we freak out a bit. We sure. get scared. And so then we just clench our fists kind of like that holding on to whatever we have. So it makes sense. This. But sometimes it helps to have someone say like, no, you, you prepared for this, this, this was, it was kind of a big deal, you know, like clients can't come in, you know, kind of thing. So
1: yeah, it was extremely helpful. And I guess it felt in some way I was getting permission to, Mm -hmm. to use that, which I mean, totally makes sense. But at that time, I didn't think about it that way at all.
0: How, how much time did you take off from having your son?
1: um I took off about six weeks which is actually less than I took it off before mm-hmm. um, but I came back very slowly just you know one or two clients a week kind of building
0: mm-hmm.
1: building back and just seeing people I'd uh, already been seeing and trying to get people in and it was around the holidays also so
0: yeah what was that like for you to slowly come back into it? It was different <laughs> from my normal approach. Uh, that's why I ask. <laughs> yes, people that don't know you uh, don't don't know that you um you do work very hard and you go after yeah. things. So yeah,
1: yeah. It was you know it was a it was a very interesting experience. I feel like um so I actually had my son a month early.
0: Yes, and so that was
1: right. yeah. <laughs> I forgot that too. Um, <laughs> so it was very uh it was a scary experience you know we just didn't know what was going to happen and um we didn't know how that was going to play out if he was going to have to be in the NICU and all those kinds of things which you know we we're very fortunate and uh, he got to come home on time and we didn't have any problems or anything like that but it was scary and so I think after that experience I was like you know what what will happen will happen and I think I sort of surrendered some of that control that usually I try to impart upon my life and my business and kind of giving that up a little bit. And actually my business has grown quicker and and better than it did before
0: Why or really you... all of last year. Yeah. Why yeah. is
1: that? You... I mean, I think it is that giving up a little bit of control and saying, you know, okay, I really don't have control over these things I'm trying to control. So if i can take a step back and you know be with myself for a little bit then it will just kind of flow naturally and i've already what done the work of
0: the things what do you mean like that you were like i'm going to give up control of this
1: um i think i stopped worrying about you know trying to return every phone call as soon as it comes in or trying to be available for every opportunity saying you know saying yes to everything mm. i'm really trying to have a little bit more discernment in that and, um, you know, working with the clients who are really the best fits and not people I was trying to make into the best fits. Mm -hmm. Um, and just really making better more intentional decisions in my business. Mm
0: -hmm. Would you say that's the gift of your
1: second child in a sense? Like, sure. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that there's, um, I think some people we're not aware of what we're trying to control. And a lot of it mm-hmm. is just mental hamster wheel action. You know, we're just going sure. around and around in our head about things instead of enjoying our life and the
1: business that we're creating. Sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, I definitely had a belief that, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to start over with, you know, after the second one, I'm yeah. going to start from scratch. And my husband said, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like you know you have your website you have clients already you're getting referrals you have all these things in place so it's not like you're starting from the ground up again Mm -hmm. yeah
0: but I think that that's probably a common feeling that people have when they have a child of like they've taken a significant break or a lot of things have happened it can feel like okay I'm going to start over but instead what do you think did shift to accommodate the growth in your family? So some of it it had to do within the business, like taking the right clients and, and pacing your calls and responses. What shifted at home, like in terms of to accommodate, you know, those changes in your business too?
1: When I first was coming back, um, it was kind of nice because I was able to call on some family, you know, we do live close to most of our family. And so it, I was able to call people to come over. Hey, can you just come over for an hour, mm-hmm. you know, during the day so that you can watch him and I can go in for just one session and then come back. Um, and so it, it felt like, I don't know, it kind of engaged, I think, my family and uh, me being able to ask for that, which is also something I don't do very often yeah. or I'm not very good at. So, you know, to just being able to say, hey, I just need you here for a little bit of time. And people are like, sure, of course, you know, and they, they got to see the baby, too, and and do that. Um, in terms of the rest of my schedule, it hasn't changed that much. Uh, my husband and I kind of have a pretty good working schedule in place in mm-hmm. terms of whose nights are what and what we're doing. And fortunately, his schedule is pretty flexible, so we're able to make that work. hmm what do you want
0: to say to someone who's going through infertility that's in private practice? What do they need to know?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um, I feel like they need to know that sometimes those medications will affect you in ways that you're not familiar with. Um, and I have not had this happen with a client, but I thought about it a lot and I consulted with a lot of other people Uh, being willing to be a bit transparent about when, if you're going to have a physical reaction or something like that in session, which I've heard from also pregnant therapists too. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I think also depending on who you're working with, most of the time uh, infertility comes up for my clients, even though they're not seeing me for infertility, I Mm -hmm. hear about it Mm -hmm. in other ways or losses or pregnancy losses and other things like that. So um, to kind of be prepared that you may hear things, even if you didn't expect that to come out within your session. Mm -hmm. So just being aware and kind of figuring out what's coming up for you and Mm -hmm. counter-transference and all those things. Mm
0: -hmm. And what advice do you have for people who are growing their family and they have a private
1: practice? Patience. (laughs) Just being patient with, I think, yourself, your family. um, Mm -hmm. I would say to give yourself more time than you think you'll need. Um, I kind of think back to even when I had my first kid or other therapists I've heard having their children and, you know, they're like, I'll be back in four weeks and ready to take on all my clients. And you're like, no, you won't. And you know, that's not going to happen. Um, so like allowing more time than maybe you think you need. Um, even with my son, I had planned on taking eight or 10 weeks and I was ready at six weeks to start slowly Ooh. one or two clients. So, um, and I think to be okay with that, like to start, even if you have one client a week, that's, that's enough. It's okay. I think that's really valuable. That whole,
0: like the perception of what it means to come back or what success mm-hmm. looks like. And it can be a slower build. It does not have to be a bum rush through <laughs> <Sure>. your maternity leave <laughs> to the other side. Um, that, what I love about your story is that when you started to kind of actually pace yourself differently, your business rewarded you back for that. Mm-hmm. And the work, it sounds like also deepened because you're working with people who are a really good fit and not that you have to force into it, sure. to it working, you know, you don't want that. Yeah. Well, thank you for being part of this series and sharing your story. You've been through a lot this year, yes. man. <laughs> the past 12 months has been whew,
1: yes. a lot of things. It's been a lot. Um, but, you know, I've learned a lot too, so mm-hmm. it was worth it.
0: Yeah. And I think, if anything, I hope you guys can hear Erica's story and know that preparation is of value. Like, some of the financial preparation does help. But also really slowing down and tuning into what you and your family needs as you grow and things change and life happens, it, your, bin, your business can adjust to that and actually flourish within whatever life that you create for yourself. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing, mm-hmm. Erica.: Yeah, thank you. If people want to check you out, how can they find you?: uh,
1: My website, com. Awesome. Yeah
0: All right, you guys. We'll see you next time. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinimi.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.